What's going on, guys? Welcome to Growing Up Latina. I am your host, Ali V. Thank you so much for joining me. We have a very special guest. And I'm so glad to have her because she's actually leaving. Like, she's busy, guys. She is busy and booked. She's on tour right now. Yeah. Savannah Christina. Hi. What's going on? I'm chilling. So happy to be here. Yo, you made a quick stop for me. Yeah, for real. Seriously. But I had to. I had to. Thank you. Of course. Thank you so much. How yeah. do you feel? I feel really good. I yeah? feel really blessed. Yeah. It's been crazy for you, I'm sure. It has been crazy in a good way. Gosh. Yeah. I want to hear all about it. Yes. Let's cheers because... Okay. We are in the holiday season, girl. So you know how we do Coquito vibes. Hi. Yo, Coquito vibes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Let me find out you made this. Ooh. It's good. <laughs> I love a good Coquito vibes. What do you do for the yeah. holidays? Um, family. Yeah? Yeah, I can't skip that. What's like your tradition? That. What's the family tradition? You know, just tradition? sitting around and eating. You know, it's yeah. crazy. We never really did gifts growing up. Mm-hmm. My parents just, you know, they didn't believe in it. Yeah. But food, lots of food, lots of togetherness, lots of music. So are we celebrating in your family December 24th mm-hmm. or the 25th? So my mom's side, okay. 24th. So we go there. Okay. But my dad is, he's from New York. Okay. And he's not... Hispanic, so okay. we do traditional Christmas with his side. Okay, so yeah. break down. So your mom is Dominican. Yeah. Shout out to your mom. I know, right? Okay. <laughs> and then your dad is? He's from New York, okay. but he was born in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Okay. Yeah, so it's a small dot on the map. This is a vibe. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like this mix for you. Yeah, I do Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you from? I'm from Miami, Florida. So this New York weather is hitting you hard, I'm sure. It is. It's a little bit of a shock. But, you know, like my dad always had me coming out here. So I was a a little prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we got to get into your music. Yes. And I was telling you off camera, I've been hearing about you for a long time now. (sighs) That's amazing. So, you know, like when... One of your friends are like, yo, check out for this girl. Like, please, yeah. like, keep your ears out. Like, mm-hmm. she's going to be something big. Trust yeah. me. I've heard that from three people. Dang. I love to hear it. From three people, they're like, yo, listen to her song, listen to her song. And I'm like, oh, I think I should listen to her song yes, because that- everyone's now talking <laughs> about it. Um, How did you get into this? Did you have someone in your family that, you know, did the music? No. So my parents were... Very big on school, mm-hmm. not very big on music. Okay. But, um, you know, I grew up in the church. Okay. And when I was a little girl, I just saw the way that music would move people and make people cry. And I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to make people cry. <laughs> I want to make people I wanna cry. I want to make people cry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. You know, I I was a spoken word poet at first. I lo- I was just talking to someone about that. Mm-hmm. So in New York, we have the New York Reeking Cafe. Yes, okay, you're familiar. Yes, yes. That so that was growing up. That's where I was. I was at the right. New York Reeking Cafe, and I was always like stage fright. Like I was one of those girls. I was very shy, mm-hmm. but I had all these poems that I want. I really wanted to like go up, go up on stage, but I just I couldn't. You didn't do it. Never. Oh, so it's to be continued. To be continued. Okay. Then so okay. so you went there. So you went to the New York Yeah, Cafe? so I went there just as a fan. So I'm, okay. I 
the person that really inspired me, and she probably doesn't even know who I am, maybe, Aja Monet. Mm-hmm. She's a spoken word poet from out here. Mm-hmm. And I saw her when I was like 14 years old, and I was like, I want to do this. And mm-hmm. so I started doing poetry. I started doing slams. I was in Brave New Voices, you know, like one slams it, all that stuff. But I, I didn't realize I was just preparing myself to becoming a songwriter. Um, so, But that's how it started with poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you would go up and do you remember some of the poems that you would Oh, recite? my God. Yes. It was you like, do? of course. <laughs> it was all about like breakups. And, you know. Why is it always about the breakups? Because I think that's our first experience with like rejection, I think, mm. to that capacity. And so it was about like boys and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. And then you would recite these poems. Yes. And then people would just like people would, What was their reaction? They would be like they would they would relate. Yeah. And that was for me the most validating feeling. You yeah. know, people being able to say like I feel you. I feel where you're coming from. You're not crazy. I went through the same thing. Every time I hear that I'm like, "Oh my god." It's like a weight lifted off my shoulders. So, that's what got me addicted to like yeah. sharing. And what was can you share like your you know, and you I mean you don't have to recite it but like your favorite poem? Um, it was like um, I'm done. This love is dilapidated and disconnected. Bills were left unpaid on due dates when I needed you, mm. wanted you. You were unreachable. Roaming calls and answering machines. I was giving that phone so much play, and you were just playing me. It's like it's stuff like that. It's, it's it's like yo, what age were you? Right, right. And I look what? back and I'm like, I was like, how are you feeling? 15, 16. Whoa. Yeah, just sensitive. I've been sensitive. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, so now, okay, so then you, okay, you go from spoken word poet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, how does that translate into now singing? Like, when did you find your voice? Oh, it, it was it was a long road, but it wasn't really until like I hit college. I was always scared to sing. So I could get on stage and spit. That was cool. Right. But when I had to sing, I was like, really? shaking. Yeah, but when I got to college, I met some friends. We made some songs in the dorm room. And I, I got to really get into music as a way to be social, mm-hmm. you know, in my college days. And that's that's what got me into music, right? I did. I started with SoundCloud, you know? So <laughs> yes. no pressure. Just yeah, put yes. on SoundCloud, see what the people say. Mm-hmm. And just slowly stepped into it. And what would the, what were the people saying? The same thing, girl. I know exactly what you're going through, <laughs> yeah. all that. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. What was college like for you? Were you surrounded by many creatives? Yeah, you know, it was it was a mix. You know, there was a lot of people that were in the same position as me, right, that could only take music as a hobby mm-hmm. because we, we couldn't afford to do anything else. We couldn't go all out. So for us, it was like a side thing, you know, right. just something fun to do at somebody's house we we would throw shows I threw a little open mic like in backyards like we would do it like that it was really fun um but you know after a while you know you start to see some of your friends like okay I can't do this music stuff anymore yeah you know and I one by one you know started to see friends like all right like I'm done I'm done yeah I'm done but I it just always stuck with me and I just I couldn't let it go were you singing in the shower because you know everybody singing in the shower well yeah of course I was singing in the shower the shower Um, the room everywhere I did have roommates so I had to be very quiet I would go on the staircase in my dorm but um but yeah yeah now what was it like growing up Latina in Florida I mean, you know, everybody's Latina in Florida. Yeah. If you're in South Florida, like Miami, mm-hmm. um, for me it was, it was, it was, it was nice. You know, yeah. when I lived in Miami, 
I was amongst a lot of Latina, you know, people mm -hmm. when I moved to Broward County, mm -hmm. which is like the home of like Kodak Black, XXX. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more of an urban community. Mm -hmm. I grew up where I grew up. It was very urban. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it was it was just different. Yeah. It was different. And in what way? Like, what way would you say that it was different? I would say that that is when I got more in touch with my black side. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's that like that half and half, you yeah. know, and you never really know how to identify. And it's so funny because my abuelita, mm -hmm. she would pick me up from school every day. We, she, we would walk, you know, yeah. she didn't drive. Mm -hmm. And she would walk to pick me up every day. And she's like this little short lady and mm -hmm. super like pale, you know, and she would come to school. And I remember around the time when I started getting embarrassed, like, oh my gosh, people mm -hmm. were like, who's that lady? Who is she? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, that's my grandma, yeah. you know, but it was, it was funny when I moved to Broward, I started to kind of, feel less and less connected to my roots. Your roots? Yeah. It's, it, but it is weird, right? Because I I even went through that. Like, with yeah. my mother and my father, because I grew up with my mom, who's Puerto Rican. I was born in Puerto Rico. So for a long time, yeah. people would ask me, well, what are you? I'm like, I'm Puerto Rican. Yeah. But my dad's Dominican. Mm. But I never gave the, I'm Puerto Rican and Dominican. Yeah. Because you don't want to do too much. I just felt like I identify with being Puerto Rican because yeah. that's I was raised in that household. I was, yeah. you know, yes. like that that was everything that I knew. Yeah. As I got older, then I was like, wait, I'm Dominican mm -hmm. as well. And then I had to tap into those roots. Yeah. And like get the culture there. So now I appreciate it more. Yeah. It's hard to to balance those two things because you don't want to be disloyal to one. For sure. And it is a, a push and pull. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the I, I guess you would say, like, Latin stereotypes that bother you. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's so funny. You know, a lot of times dating, somebody will ask you, like, oh, what are you? Especially if they're not sure. Mm -hmm. You always get the question, what are you? What mm -hmm. are you? And, you know, I'll be like, you know, I'm, I'm this, I'm, and I'm half Dominican. And they'll be like, oh, so you crazy. I was just about to say like, that. No. Oh my God, I was just yes. about to say that. Like, oh, so you crazy. You da 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 And it was almost like, like they were excited about it. Like it was like a fetish. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to be crazy about you. But <laughs> yeah, that is something that would come up a lot. Like that stereotype that, oh, I'm this spicy, you know, feisty, you know, Dominican. Which yeah. may or may not be true, but still, don't put me yeah, in that stereotype. It, it bothered me. Like, yeah. I would say, oh, I'm Puerto Rican and Dominican and I live in the Bronx. They're like, oh, you must be crazy. Right. That's like the craziest. And it, it really like affected me. Like, why are you saying that? Yeah. Yeah, crazy. absolutely. But are what you a, crazy is the question. <laughs> no, I mean, are we all a little crazy? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Are we all a little exactly. crazy? Exactly. And it's not because of where we're from. Now, one thing I've noticed about you, which I told you, even when I saw you, I said, you have beautiful curls. Oh, thank you. Now, growing up, how accepted was that? Um, I had a perm. So I'm Dominican. Yeah. So understand, I was getting perms, and my tia owned a salon in Miami, mm -hmm. like near Alapata, uh -huh. and I was there every weekend, and they were straightening my hair. I never wanted to wear my hair curly. Really? No. Is this never. because they told you not to, or? It was just because everybody in my family had their hair straight, and oh, okay. anytime something important was happening, I had to get my hair straightened. So for me, that taught me that when you want to be presentable, your hair needs to be straight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember when I would walk into the salon as a kid and they would be like, 
looking at my hair like, oh my God, we got to do this girl's hair, you know? But I felt so much prettier when my hair was permed and straight. And so... This curls thing is new for me, you know. How I'm, new? I just did the big. Well, I did the big chop in like 2016, mm-hmm. and then my hair was short forever, and then now it's growing. But like, it's it's fairly new. This is not. I didn't grow up like with curly hair. My hair was always permed. Really? Yeah. So I say that as well because even like job interviews, mm-hmm. mommy always told me like, you wear your hair straight. Yeah. You never go to a job interview with your hair curly. Yeah. And my hair was long, like up to my butt. So I would wrap it in a juvie yeah, like oh five times. <laughs> yeah. And then you put the bobby pins. And then when you get up in the morning, you take them out. Your head be so sore. Like, yes. You just like massaging the scalp. Yes. But it's like, why do we think that about hair? Because now I look at myself and I'm like, I love my curls. Yeah. Like, it's It's still difficult and it's ingrained in us. And it's just, I deal with it even every day. I had graduation and I grad, you know, graduated from college and I'm like, I should be straightening my hair. I might have to send these pictures to my family. Like, my hair should be straightened. And then, you know, somebody told me, you know, just do you. But I I was getting anxiety even about that, about my graduation pictures. Because, like, curly hair is, like, not presentable. So when was the first time that you can remember where you rocked your curls and you felt beautiful? Um, dang, that's a good question. I guess just, like, after I did my big chop, so, you know, there's an ugly phase after the big chop. Yeah, yeah. So I was looking real crazy. And then, you know, when it started to grow out and stuff like that, I started to really own it a little bit more. When it when it became like a fro. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, this is hot. And, you know, obviously some some people liked it, some people didn't, but I loved it. It was so funny because my mom would always ask me, like, when are you going to get your hair done? And I'm like, my hair is done. It's this done. Is it. This is it. And what was her reaction when you told her that? You know, after a while, she started to to really like it. But yeah. it, you know, it, it just took some getting used to. What's so dope yeah. about this story is like now this has become your look. Yeah, it has. It has, it's, and I've fought for this. You know what I mean? You? And it's it's not it's not a it's not just family. You know, you go into meetings with with different people in the industry and stuff like that, and and there's still a fight to yeah. get this hair to be accepted and you would think like oh no 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 there are people that believe that like there are people that tell me like nah like the curls that ain't it that ain't gonna work no that's it yeah like this is it you know that but that's the first thing i told you yeah but it's it's still we're still fighting every single day yeah yeah what's the most difficult part of the music industry um the most difficult part, I think I got through the most difficult part. And I think it's just being around people and having a team that believes in you. Mm. Like I said, I dealt with a team that every time I walked into a room with my hair like this, they're like, "What? we told you you needed to get your hair done. Like, what yeah. is this? Yeah, That was really hard for me mm-hmm. because I had people like you, the people who I'm actually catering to who love it. But then I had the people who were on my team. Like the machine, me, the machine that's yeah, running. Yeah, you know, and not even, a, you know, it, they wasn't even, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, but, yeah. you know, telling me, like, I heard stuff like, you know, men are not going to be attracted to you. You're mm. not going to bring in, you're only going to bring in an older crowd with hair like this. This is not attractive. How, how are we going to put oh, you in? Yeah, how are we going to do photo shoots and put you in certain editorial looks if your like, hair these is were like real this. conversations? These are real conversations. Wow. Very real conversations. And I think my breaking point was, you know, I had a music video with a rapper that I love. And, um, Who's the rapper? 
her, I don't want to name drop, but okay. her name is Flo Millie. She's amazing. Okay. I requested her. They asked me who I wanted. And so we did a music video. And I remember, like, begging them. I said, let me wear my hair. Please let me wear my hair. Mm-hmm. And they're like, absolutely not. So they put me in this crazy wig, child. Crazy no. wig. And I remember looking in the mirror and just not knowing what I was looking at. I didn't look like wow. me. I watched the video. I'm like, I don't know who this bitch is. And like, you know, it was it was a wake up call for me. Like, yo, like, you know who you are. Don't let nobody tell you anything different. Yeah. And from then I started putting my foot down. Now, do I do switch ups? I always switch up my hair. I always do braids. And if I want my hair to be straight, I can rock it in the winter, you know. Mm -hmm. But to feel like I have to conform, Mm -hmm. it's never a good feeling. No, no, it's never a good feeling. It's terrible. Who who are some of the the artists that you looked up to, like in the music business, right? Where you felt like you could really identify. I was just talking about this today. Jill Scott <sighs> is a woman after my own heart. She is Jilly from Philly. Yes, she is also an Aries like me. Yes, but, um, she's also a spoken word poet. Love her. So for her, everything that she does and what she embodies is is very like she shows me like it's possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Jill Scott did it you know what I'm saying and I always tell Jill myself did. that Jill did it <laughs> so I, I really do look up to her a lot I love Jill Scott like that's yeah. that's one of the artists that I'm like if I had to see like my last concert yes ever yeah Jill Scott would be Jill Scott and Sade ooh right ooh, yeah yeah I've seen Jill in concert Jill oh, is amazing I, I, I love Jill in concert yes she's amazing I have not seen Sade I don't think I'll ever be able to see Sade. I, but girl, she's amazing, I, I, too. I don't... Like, where is she? Like, where does she live? <laughs> you know? Like, I'm like... She did what she needed to do, and she was and like, okay, bye. Good. Yeah. What about some of, like, the Latina artists? Um, I would have to say, like, Latina. I love... I love, like... It's... I don't know if this counts as a Latina, but I love Bad Bunny. I love like I love I love what he stands for. I love that as of late he goes on stage and he speaks about politics and he's very you know what I mean? Like he's very into that. And, you know, I just I think that it's it's important for us to remember where we come from. You know, obviously I wasn't born in DR, but like I was just there like Mm -hmm. a few months ago. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, we I grew up in a family where you send clothes back. You send food back. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people don't do that. They don't get it. Like, no, you, you send have, money yeah. back. Yeah, like, that's how I was raised. And so it's kind of like what he's doing is, like, it's embodying that, but in the sense of you use your platform to build your people. And mm-hmm. that's, I really do love that. I love Bad Bunny. And I think he's, like, I always say about Bad Bunny, he's the artist that we never knew we needed. Yeah. Right? It <laughs> changed the conversation. There's this other girl, too, and I oh. hope I say her name right, Yendra. Yes. Okay, did I yes. mess up her name? I think it's Yen, Yen, Y-E-N-D-R-Y. You know what I'm talking yeah, yeah. about. Oh, I, I love Yendry her. or Yen. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. It takes love it to her. a new space. So, yeah. yeah. She's deep. She gets deep. Yeah. Which I love. Absolutely. Who, who's someone that you would want to work with? That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. Really? I really don't. No, you know there what? There's got to be one person. Specifically Latina? Or just anyone. Okay, because I was that was gonna be a conversation. Yeah, if no, you just said just that. anyone. In general, I love lyricists. You know, I love. I don't want to say 
you know, J. Cole. Well, fuck yeah. it. I'm going to think big. I love J. Cole. Yeah, you know, I would love to big. work with him. <laughs> yeah. um, but honestly, I, I'm such a, like, to myself person when I create. Mm-hmm. I really don't collaborate that much. No? No. So it'll be like a new thing for you if yeah, you Yeah, because I get nervous. Yeah, you I don't get nervous. strike me as a nervous person. Because I'm so vulnerable in my music, I just can't imagine anybody else being able to tap in with me on that level. But I would be Not so even happy. Jill? What if Jill's like? See, no, do... Jill's a yeah, different yeah, conversation. Now we the conversation. <laughs> yeah, she's a different conversation. But yeah. I want to work with everybody. You know, it would be an honor. This is still so new for me. Yeah, I want to work with everybody, and I want to work with people who get me, and that's what I'm looking forward to. So, why do you feel um, people gravitate towards you? You know, I represent a certain demographic of person, I believe, and and that is the discarded. And mm-hmm. the neglected. And mm-hmm. I feel like my journey represents like like when you come back and you and, and that person that hurt you sees you again, but they see you shining. Mm. And that's Talk what I represent. Yeah. You know I what I'm saying? That. Yeah. That's yeah. what I represent. And so the people that feel my music, I feel like they felt like me, felt discarded, thrown away, you know, just done dirty. Somebody left you for dead. And then you come back and you like I done leveled up. You know what I mean? And that's what I stand for. So every song I make is for that. And I, I think when these women and men see me shine, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, like we can all do that. You know what yeah. I mean? We can all find power in our pain. Yeah. So. I love that. Power in your pain. Yeah. Turn the pain into and you, something. No. Because your songs, like, let's go to self-care. Yeah. Let's go to that. Yeah. So when did you tap into self-care, specifically self-care? Because you would have had to have went through so much to get to that point, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm somebody who was not self-care savvy, definitely didn't take care of myself, you know, put myself last. Like, that's what I did. I was dating somebody for a long time who was really, really, like, toxic, really abusive, really crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I just... Didn't I wasn't thinking about myself at all. I was in a job that I wasn't happy about. What you job know, didn't were you pay in? Enough. I don't want to say. Okay. I've had a lot okay. of jobs, though. Okay. I've had a lot of jobs. I've worked at T-Mobile. I've worked at the movie theater. I've worked at Cheesecake Factory. I've worked at a lot of places. But right. But this particular job, I won't say because they're not bad people. But okay. That's fair. I just wasn't happy. And um, That's a real... I, I feel like I felt the same way. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like it's not you, it's me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're not passionate about the job. It yeah. doesn't matter what... You could have a million-dollar job, but if that's not something that you're tapped in with all the way, it's yeah. never going to make you happy. It's never going to make you happy. And so I was like, you know, I don't I don't want to... I don't want to do this. I was living for everybody except for myself. And, you know, I wasn't doing my skincare routines. I wasn't, you know, doing my hair care. None of that. You know, I was just... I don't know what I was so doing. So you were like existing, but you, I you was didn't existing. feel like you were living. I didn't feel like I was living at all. And I didn't feel like anybody could see me. What? And that's Yeah, and that's why I took my equipment out to the beach. And mm. I'm like, you're going to see me. Because I felt invisible. And so that's really what brought about self-care, for sure. So so let, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's paint the picture. Because this was now, what, pandemic. Yeah. Is when this happened. So 2020. Yeah. You're at this job that you are just not happy. It's not, not fulfilling you. Me. Yeah, not It's me. not fulfilling you. And then 
you decide, okay, I'm just going to take everything to the beach. Yeah. You called out of work. Yeah. I That's know a I huge go- risk. I know I was going to go viral. I didn't know that. <laughs> so you call out of work and what, what was their response? So what? Like, what happened? So you call out of work and you're just like, all right, I'm not coming in. Uh, yeah, like, of... I'm, I'm not coming in. Like, you know, uh-huh. that was before the stuff going on now where they're like, oh, mental health days. You got to be. Yeah. This is a lot more lenient now. Right. But you know that's not the case. No. You know, And you know coworkers like to talk. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I wasn't expecting for anybody to see that video. Like, like I didn't have a plan. You know, there was no machine behind it. There but you were no... conscious of like, I want to take my equipment to the beach. Absolutely. I want to record myself. Yes, yes, I yes. want. Yeah. Okay. So you were very intentional about very this. intentional about it. it, about the location. But you know, I could have never expected that it would change my life the way that it would. But it, you know, the irony is that. The song is about putting yourself first. But wait, but wait, let's go, let's go back. So you call out of work. Yeah. You get fired. Yes. Yeah. So now there's like two different emotions. Cause you're right. You didn't know you was gonna go yeah. viral. No, I didn't. So now you I get fired. They're like, all right, well, you call out, we're done with you. Yeah. So now you're putting your emotions now at the beach. Yeah. With your equipment. You're singing your heart out. Yeah. What's happening there? Talk to me about that. You know, it was just it was just a, I don't know, it was just a divine moment. You know, the lyrics, everything, it was just what I needed at the time. I will say, you know, it's like, it's not like I was pressed about a job. And honestly, right. I feel like sometimes life forces you to, like, yo, you at the, you're at something, you ain't trying to be here. Right. And I feel like life was like, okay, you really want to do this music shit? Do it. Like, but you did something that most people don't. Like, you took a leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Were you scared? No, I had nothing to lose. You know, when you're not happy, you don't have anything to lose. So you right. can do whatever you want. So I wasn't scared. I was just like, okay. I was excited at that point. Like, wow, people are really listening to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you go viral. What was that like? That was confirmation that I know what I'm doing as a songwriter, right? Because mm-hmm. like as a as a creative, you always have that question. Like, I, I guess me, you know, anybody with imposter syndrome, like, do I know what I'm doing? Right. I'm writing all these songs. I'm like, is this good? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a confirmation of, okay, yeah, like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So that's how that felt. And then what happens after that? Everything Where do you ch- go? Everything yeah, changes. like, everything changes. Everything changes. So what, tell me, what changes? Um, I know it's everything, but there's some immediate changes that immediate. happen. Immediate. So right. immediately, a newfound confidence in myself, mm. obviously, right? I'm not working a job, which is new because I've been working since I was 15. Right. You know, so that was a big adjustment. You know, I get co-signs from people like Alicia Keys, Joe Budden, you know, and and then I meet a bunch of people that just want to work with me, you know, and that was an interesting experience, to say the least. So the pandemic wasn't so bad for you. You did the Roots Picnic? I did. That was fun. I did that one. You know, I was like, I did a whole little picnic setup, and I was outside (laughs) with my mic. Like, it was a good time. I loved it. It was really nice. And then you did something for the Gap? Yeah, I did. Like, this is like, the pandemic was fairly, like. It was, I I was having a great time. Like, you thrived. 
Yeah, I feel like honestly, I live in like my own little world. Maybe I have like main character syndrome, but I felt like I, <laughs> I, I screamed into the void, self care, uh -huh. and then the world said, "Great, here you go, pandemic. You're gonna be by yourself, mm -hmm. enjoy yourself, and just focus on you." And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that's amazing. So you really embody the self care. I did. I, I had all the time in the world to do it. I was just like home doing all the self care stuff. So how do you show yourself grace? Like, what is some of your self care routines? And, you know, I was just talking about this today. In the beginning, I thought it was like face mask, bubble bath, which is cool. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't getting to like the root. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, man, I'm in therapy. Like, like dealing with childhood trauma that I just didn't even know I had. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm like, you know, spent, I, spend that money that I was going to spend on a spa day to pay my therapist and, you know, get to know what is wrong with me, you know? Yeah. Um, it's being able to turn off my phone, you know, has been... That's a big one. Haven't, yeah. haven't uh, been able to accomplish um, that one yet. Yeah, your phone will drive you crazy. So yeah. a lot of the self-care for me now mm -hmm. is just inner work, inner work. I have this really bad habit of ghosting people. Not really. a bad habit, but... But... Because that means you don't have a problem letting go. Yeah. If you can ghost someone, you can let them go. Yeah, but sometimes that's like a defense mechanism because okay. you don't want to, you don't feel like your feelings are worthy of mm -hmm. being expressed to somebody who's wronged you. Mm. That's what I was doing. You hurt me. I could tell you why, but I don't think you're going to care. And re who really cares? Right. I'm going to just ghost you. That's what I was doing. So that was something that I also, as my self-care journey you know, proceeded, mm -hmm. had to deal with and learn how to fix. So you you're quick to hit the block button. I'm I'm bad. You're bad. like nah. Like you can ask people about me. Like I'm bad. Like Jeez. you do something I don't like, and that's it. Because I'm like no. You know what I mean. But now I'm learning. Like if somebody wrongs you, talk to them. Absolutely. Give them the opportunity to clarify. Now if they still are disappointing you, then you know f them. But don't just block them. <laughs> What about working out? Oh, yeah. I love to work out. Because that's out. like your thing thing. Yes. I love to work out. How important is, because for me, like working out, I always say, I, I, I do like a lot of PRX training. And what I always say about my PRX trainer, Yusef, is he's not a trainer that trains the body. He trains the mind. Mm -hmm. And that, for me, is the reason why I sign up every week. It's for the mental. I never work out specifically to lose weight. Now, if I lose weight, great. Then great. That's an extra little icing on the cake. Yeah. But what it does for my mind is even bigger than what it will ever do for my body. I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I Right now, I'm training with, I needed a female trainer. Because okay. I was always training with guys, which yeah. is fun. Mm -hmm. But after a while, it's like, okay, enough. Enough. Why? What's wrong with the um, what's wrong with the male trainers? You know, they were just going, they was like, they're just too like, right? they were so mean to me. Yeah. And I was going through a lot. So I needed like that. I needed that female energy. So I have a coach. She's a professional bodybuilder. She's actually 58 years old. No, but she's like, she's this. a beast. And I train with her every morning and we do like heavy lifting now. Cause you know, uh -huh. I'm trying to get my booty gains, everything like that. Yeah. And there are times where like, I I'm in that session. Like I want to cry and mm -hmm. not cause it hurts, mm -hmm. but because the amount of things I'm like, the affirmations I have to tell myself to get through that it's workout. It's the mind. Yeah. It's the mind. It's yeah. all the mind. It is all the mind. They always say, like, your mind gives up before your body does. Yeah. 
So if your mind can still tell you, like, do that extra push-up, yes. you're going to do it. Yes. Yes. You're going to so do it's, it. So it's, it, and I take that, all that positive self-talk that I need to lift weights, and I use it now in my everyday life. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. How does that translate to your music now? It It just, it allows me to approach music from a very motivational standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I really want to encourage anybody listening to me and me because I listen to my own music yeah. to get Do through you? shit. Yeah, I make my music so that I can yeah. get through my situation. Yes. Yeah, but it allows me to be like more motivational, you know, yeah. and 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 really hype the girls up to to push through. Yeah, it's it's funny that you say that because listening to your music, like you tapped into the self care. Yeah, and then we go into confidence. Yeah. And then we go into bad bitch energy. So you're showing like these, like you, what I'm about to say, I really don't want you to take this in the wrong way. Oh gosh. But let me hear this. You are really for self, but in the most positive way ever. Yeah. Like you are empowering yourself. Yeah. And the reason why I say it's going to sound wrong is because when people say, oh, you're for self, there's like this negative thing about it. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. And I grew up in a home with a Dominican mother and a Dominican great-grandmother who she raised me. And I saw them give their life to their family, to me, everything for everyone all the time. Like, that's what we do. Yeah. And I, you know, I think there's there's the time where we have to kind of, like, focus on us, too. You know, I wish my mom would have been able to have more time to like take care of herself mm-hmm. because even now she I know that she missed out on a lot of opportunities to be there for us you know mm-hmm. and so I just I wanted to break the cycle so it's okay to be a little selfish yeah. you know a little bit yeah nothing wrong with that I you know you're right about that because yeah growing up you do see like your family just they do everything for everyone else they don't yeah. they put themselves last mm-hmm. and it does it doesn't do us as kids any service. It doesn't. And you know what? My mom used to yell at us for not helping her clean. Oh, my gosh. She was so mad. Yeah, my mom I used to be like, yo, what's wrong with this lady? Crazy. Now that I'm grown and I have my own place and I got to clean, I'm like, yo, I would be mad as hell if I had two little kids in this house that were not helping me clean that up That were this eating mess. the food, didn't do the dishes. You know, I'm paying the bills and they're not. And so I'm growing up and realizing, like, wow, my mom needed, needed to be there for herself more and needed us to be there for her too. She needed support. Yeah, she needed support. She needed support. But she felt like she could do it all and 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 didn't need to focus on herself. And so I'm trying to break that cycle now. I think it's like us growing up as Latinas, we are taught to be strong, right? Yeah. And like you don't need anyone and you don't... Yeah. And it's okay to need others. Yeah. Like now I'm in a space where it's like, if I need help, Yes. I'm not even going to front like I could do it on my own. Right. Now I am going to ask for help. Absolutely. And, and that's okay. a part of being selfish. People don't realize they think selfish is isolation. No. Selfish is, hey, I need everybody in this room to take time to focus on, I need you guys to help me with something today. Right. That's being selfish. You could be selfish in community. Mm-hmm. Hey, today we're going to focus on me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then maybe tomorrow we can help you what you got to do. But today I need all my friends to come over and help me do this. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, everything in moderation, but balance is key. Talk about confidence, because that's the one that I'm struggling with. That's the one that I, I don't know, I haven't been able to fully tap in. I get there some days, 
where I look in the mirror and I'm like, ooh, I look good. My makeup's on point. My hair's yeah. on point, And I feel good, right? Yeah. But then what about the days when you're not feeling up to par, but you have to try to tap into the... You got to deliver. You got to deliver. It's hard. You know, like I said, um, when I was first coming into the industry, which is recent, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A few years ago when self-care and everything, I was bombarded by men that were working with me that constantly, like we talked about, were telling me that everything about me wasn't good enough Mm. every day. Every day. So that just broke down your self-esteem, your confidence. It broke me, especially coming off of self-care, self-love, selfish. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm doing that, but every time I step in a meeting, somebody's telling me why this isn't nice enough. Why don't I look like this? Look at this girl here. You should look like that. Every day. And I take life as a test. Mm -hmm. It was a test. Mm -hmm. But now I am investing in my confidence because once you're confident, nobody can talk you out of what you believe about yourself. Mm. And it's more like there are days where I'm going to look a mess, but the confidence is within. I know I'm smart. I know I'm capable. I know that I have a good heart. And that's where my confidence lies. It lies in the essence of who I am. It lies in my talents, my accomplishments. So that's, that's how I'm able to embody that no matter, you know, what's going on on the outside. And then you made the song Confidence. And the beginning starts where you're, like, speaking and yeah. you're... So talk to me about, like, just creating that song and why it was so important to create a song like that. Because that's the type of song, like, I was telling you, like, I'm listening to that before any big project that I yeah. do, a big interview. If I'm going to the gym, it's it's that energy uplifting type of song. Yeah. Um, for me, it was... I was in the thick of it, you know, just throughout the year. I was really not feeling myself. And um, I needed somebody to, to like, gas me up. Yeah. We don't all have a hype man. We don't. Especially when you're doing well, people think you don't need a hype man. Like, men will be like, oh, I'm sure people tell you you're pretty all the time. It's like, well, damn, I want you to tell me yeah. too. <laughs> yes. I need a yes. hype man, but I didn't, I, I, I didn't have a lot of hype men at the time. Mm-hmm. And so... I wrote the song so that I could listen to it when I was not feeling my best. Mm -hmm. Um, I just recently started speaking more online to like my followers and stuff like that and just giving them encouragement. So I've incorporated that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then I just made this song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was was, that was the inspiration just to give give people a hype man and pick me up. Do your fans ever like share experiences with you of like what they're going through and how you may have helped them get through something? Yeah. And what does that feel like? For sure, yeah. Like, a lot of my fans are do happen to be women. And, you know, a lot of them just tell me, you know, they were struggling with DV, domestic violence, which mm-hmm. was something I struggled with that was very left field. And how they were able to get out of these relationships, mm-hmm. that was very, you know, amazing for me. It took me a really long time to get out. Mm-hmm. I think if I had the right song, maybe. I mean, but it's so much deeper than that. Yeah. But, you know. And there's so much work that goes into that. There's so much work. Sometimes it's not safe. It wasn't safe for me to leave when I wanted to. But when I get messages from girls that say that the music is helping them get out of stuff, I'm like, oh, my God. I feel like Superman. Mm-hmm. Even if I have one girl get out of a bad relationship, like, I, I do what I needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. So we spoke about self-care, confidence. Let's talk about self-worth. Because that's another... Mm, Yeah. And you've had your share of experiences where you probably felt like you weren't worthy. Yeah. How do you shift that energy? Like, how do you tell yourself, 
no, I, I am worthy. Yeah. I do deserve better and yeah. more. Absolutely. There's a lot of things I've turned down. There's a lot of people that are so, so important that wanted to be in my life that I was like, nah, mm -hmm. because I know my worth. And like I said, um, for me, finding my worth was realizing who I was. Like, mm. sometimes you have to make a list and, like, list who you are, like, third person. Yeah. Because that's a big thing. We, as women, you know, or anybody, we accomplish so many things and we don't think about it twice. Mm -hmm. You could have just did an amazing event. By tomorrow, you're like, oh, okay, what's next? Yeah. You know, we never are like, this is good enough. So I like to just write down, hey, I did this for the year. I've accomplished all of these things. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to find my worth. My worth can't just be how I feel objectively in the moment every single day. Some days I look a mess. Some days I'm happy. Some days I'm sad. But if I can sit down and, and really say, Savannah, this is who you are, I'm able to really know my value. And that's how I've been able to do it. I didn't know myself. So when well, people, who are you? Who is Savannah? Who Christina? am I? I am a woman that is growing and learning. I'm mm -hmm. a very educated and very um, humble person. I know that I don't know it all. And I know that I'm going to, you know, have a very bright future ahead of me because I'm willing to learn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm just excited for my future. I love this. Yeah. I love this. And now, so, okay, so now you, because here's the thing. You made the song Rebound. Oh, yeah. That was tough. And that came from a very difficult place to the point where even you hearing it or having to perform it makes you cry. Just performed it last night and I was gonna cry. But what um, is is the crying because you like? Do you feel like you've you've healed or because there's something that's still triggering absolutely. that emotion? So that song Rebound, what? Why is it still affecting you emotionally? You know, songs like Rebound and Soul Ties and those songs that I've written. I'm I I'm so sad for the girl that I was. Mm. I'm so sad for her. There's yeah. nothing I can do. And I was just talking about this. Give me a second because I ain't going to cry. But <laughs> there's nothing I can do to change yeah. the past. Yeah. Like, I see myself out of body, like, the stuff that I was willing to do and go through in the past. And I I, I really grieve that girl. Like, I feel so bad yeah. for her. Yeah. But the, the silver lining is that the woman that I am today, mm -hmm. you know, she was made from this. And, and I'm who I needed at that time. Right. I If I could have mentored that girl that I was when I was going through rebounds mm -hmm. and going through soul ties, mm -hmm. I would be in such a better position. But I find peace in knowing that through all of that, there was growth. Right. So, you know. But who does that girl run to? The girl from rebound and the girl from soul ties. Who does she speak to? How does she get through it? I don't know. It was hard. Because she got through it. She did. But who who was like the person she was able to vent to? That's why I talk about self-love mm -hmm. because I'm very closed off. So I had to go to me and go to God. You know, yeah. some people believe whatever you believe God is, we would think they are God. God is in you. I went to me. I went to a higher power and I had to make the decision to love myself because nobody yeah. else was going to say, hey, girl, you're tripping. Yeah. You know, so it was like a really an aha moment because I, I'm not going to talk to my friends about, oh, my God, this dude just. Yeah. Flung me across the, the house. All day. You know, I'm not going to have that conversation. But I did have to look in the mirror one day and say, like, you're better than this. And that's what I did. 
And and what I did too also mm-hmm. was because I was making music about healing, mm-hmm. it was like prophetically pushing me in that direction. Now I'm holding myself accountable. I'm telling everybody to love themselves, girl. Now I'm accountable to love myself too. Yeah. You know, so man, maybe maybe that's my strategy. Maybe that's a part of it. Do you still struggle with like self-love? Like are there moments where you feel like maybe I don't love myself today or huh, I feel like yeah, you know, love, right? Love is like, love is constant. You know, mm-hmm. you might love somebody and on certain days you don't like them or you're not feeling them. Right. I think I always love myself. I'm not always feeling myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, girl. But for the the love is constant. There's just yeah. the fluctuation. Because I hate when people always make it seem like, you know, like self-love. Oh my God, every day I'm feeling myself. Like, no. No. You're going to have real, those days. Yeah, that's not realistic. Yeah, yeah, but just like somebody who you're married to or you're dating or whatever, or your family member... Mm-hmm. You're never going to stop the love, but you're going to have those fluctuations. And yeah. so I, I deal with that sometimes. Yeah. Normally. What's some advice or like steps that you can give, you know, a, a young Latina who's going through this, who is in the discovery part of self-love? Like, how can they find self-love? Honestly, you just focus on your goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> focus on your goals. Like, mm-hmm. you got to have goals outside of, you know, your friends and your boyfriend. You got to have like personal goals. And I always tell, you know, I have certain friends, it's like when all this is said and done, you got to be able to pay your rent. That's you know what fact. I mean? That like it's all these like hysterical things going on and you're arguing with this person. We want to key this person's car and put sugar in the tank. That's cool. I'm not going to pull up for all that. But just know this. At the end of the day, you have a future and nobody else is going to make sure that you're OK but you. Mm-hmm. So for me a big thing that distracted me and kind of got me out of a lot of bad relationships was really throwing myself into my work, throwing myself into my music, into yeah. school. Yeah. Like, yo, I have other stuff to worry about. Like, yeah, you might not be, but also like I have stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And that that is what I would tell anybody, like find a hobby, something. It's so weird because I felt like every single time I went through a breakup is when I turned up the most on the self-love. Yeah. I got fit. I mm-hmm. looked popping. Yeah. I made sure everything was like good. Like after I got through like the mess of like the depressional stuff. Yeah. After that, I'm like, all right, no. Now we gotta we gotta work on you, Allie. Like, what are we gonna do? Cause because you were picking up the slack. Have to. You were picking up the slack. Have to. That's how we're supposed to live our lives, though. Mm-hmm. Supposed to feel like that all the time. Because we see, don't. But we don't. Sometimes. We don't. We don't sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. You know, I see girls sometimes, they'll be on such a good path and then they'll start dating somebody. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, F everything. All the work you did is just like in the garbage. They stop and working out. Yeah, they, they start drinking. Exactly. They do all these things. It's like you relapse. You relapse because that self-love that's always supposed to be there is only triggered when somebody hurts you or, you know what I mean, when you're when you're not dating somebody. We should always have that self-love. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. No, that's an interesting observation because yes, you're right. Like, yeah, it's almost like when you're, you know, the term like happy eating, mm, like you're yeah, you're happy, yeah, yeah. but you're like just eating and getting fat, and it's like, or or you're in a relationship, and it's like, oh no, this is happy weight. Yeah, and it's like, what is that? Yeah, what? what if is the relationship that? is healthy, exactly, then you guys should be on this like health journey. Yeah, your life should look, it should look the same all the yeah. time. Yeah. You know, so that's consistency is key when mm-hmm. it comes to that for sure. So now, bad bitch energy. Is that this is where you're at in life? It really is. Yeah. 
because, you know, now I know. Like, I always knew. Mm-hmm. But now I know. Yeah. So I wanted to make an <laughs> anthem. Yes. Yeah. That's where I'm at. And like I said, you know, you have so many people trying to tell you what a bad bitch looks like. You know, there's like this carbon copy, like, cut out of what, this is what a bad bitch is. Yeah. And it's like, no, there's a lot of different ways to be a bad bitch. So what I are the like, different ways? I think being a bad bitch is just being confident, mm-hmm. knowing who you are. You know, and making other women feel inspired and not intimidated. You know, I mean, I can't help if somebody's intimidated by me. But you know the kind of women I'm talking about. There are some women that are just not, they're just not for women. Mm -hmm. I'm a girl's girl. So I think a bad bitch is a girl's girl. A bad bitch is the girl when you're drunk in the bathroom that's telling you that you look good. That's bad bitch energy. Yes. And that's what this is. That's who I am. So, What's your tribe like? Do you have a lot of bad bitches? I'm still building my tribe. You building your tribe? I'm building my tribe, but I do have friends. Like, I've had, like, the same friends since, like, middle school. Like, I I'm love not, that. Yeah, like, I'm not, like, a new new friends. We go through our, you know, our ups and downs. But, um, yeah, they're bad bitches. Yeah. One of my friends just had a baby. She's a bad bitch. My other friend, she's, you know, she's chasing her dreams as well. And, and they are, like I said, we're girls' girls. We don't compete. We support. They come with me to my shows, like, they're very, you know, for me. And mm-hmm. those are the kind of girls that I'm around. You know, when you get in these circles, you meet a lot of people online. And sometimes people are friends just for the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I, there was that girl that was online, like, if you don't look a certain way, you can't go out with me. Oh, I, Stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. I, don't I don't like do that. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I like being around real people. So my tribe is a lot of just real ass bitches. I love this. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Let's see how, how this goes with you. Oh. If you had to sing your last song, what song would it be? Oh, this is going to be such a weird, but uh, a song for you by Donny Hathaway. Mm. Such a strange. It's just, I feel Why like if I was, That's... you say it's my last song, like I'm like, dying. No, not like you're dying. Like <laughs> oh, I thought like... I was dying. <laughs> no, you're not. No, girl, you didn't. Oh, what? <laughs> no, it's just like the last song that you would sing. That's I feel a like crazy if if, if I if I I'm not a singer, but if I if I did, um, I love um. Oh God, I hope I don't like mess this up. Drive me to the moon. Oh. Let me play okay. another song. Okay, the jazz. I yes. know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think. In other words, yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. In other words, in other words, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting. When you say "sing my last song," I imagine that, like, you know, the. No, I we're watched... not in your funeral singing, girl. Uh, that's <laughs> why I thought you were talking about. You ever watch The Walking Dead? No, I wouldn't. I would never watch The Walking why? Dead because I don't. Don't like... you want to be prepared? No, <laughs> don't actually, wanna don't want to be prepared. No, okay, got it. So I don't like. Um, I don't like scary movies, and I don't like any movies that are based on a true story. Like, just the idea. But you don't like Dahmer? No. I feel you, me either. No. Uh-uh. Anyways. Yeah, just yeah. the idea that, like, someone went through that. No, you know the families are, like... Freaks me out. Yeah. No, the families are not happy about those. Like, you know, like, the Lifetime channel? Like, yeah. that's not my... Because that's real life. I have some friends that are really... Because it's real life. They're really into that stuff. No. I don't know why, but... Like, I don't know. even watch, like, Saw 1, 2, 3. Like, n- none of those things. Human Centipede? No. Mm-mm. Don't watch it. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I don't watch don't any of those watch things. It. 
But my point was that there was a scene where this girl was getting, she's about to get eaten alive by zombies. And there like, was a song. Like, why? You know, why? <laughs> there was a song playing called Someday We'll All Be Free by Donny Hathaway again. While people are getting eaten alive by zombies. And she was zombies. just peaceful and they were eating her. Oh my and God. I was like, that's, that's something that I would, I, that's like a last song that I would sing. Okay. <laughs> holiday season. Let's take it back to holiday season. So now we're alive. We're celebrating festivities. Um, what are some of the best, not expensive gifts, but one of those gifts that kind of hit you in a way where, like, emotionally, it was a thoughtful gift? I ain't get a lot received. of gifts growing up, but gifts that I loved that I've received are, like, journals. I love journals. I love a good journal. Just love when they're beautiful on the outside. Yes. Love those. Love that as a gift. Um, I'm a very practical girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, you know, like stuff that I can use every day, like candles. Love candles. Like that. Love candles. My love language is not gifts, but I Oh, what's your love language? My love language is acts of service. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah. So I guess a good gift would be like promising that you're going to do something for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like making me breakfast, dinner, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I remember for um, Christmas, my sister gave me a box and it had like all these little scrolls and you would open the scrolls and it was a prayer. Oh. And she said, it was literally 365 and she said, every day I'm praying for you. Oh. And I cried my eyes out because it was like the most inexpensive gift. It was like literally a little box and she, everything was handwritten but it was the most thoughtful gift that ever. Is so thoughtful. And yeah, and those are like, that's acts of service. Like that's the real gift. Somebody that's willing to do something for you. I think mm-hmm. we're able to buy ourselves things. That's great. That's awesome. But like to know like, hey, I'm here for you. That's mm-hmm. the best gift you can give somebody. Honestly. Yeah. So yeah. Now I want one. Now you want one? Somebody praying for me. <laughs> it's such a dope gift. I always say it's like a dope idea. If you are trying to get someone a gift, you don't want to spend a lot of money. That's yeah. a good, thoughtful gift. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. And anybody who doesn't see the value in that, I don't want to be around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now, where where do we go with your music? Oh, my goodness. What's the next, like, what's the next for the upcoming year, I, 2023? What are we doing? That is a good question. So I'm really in my, like, bad bitch energy bag. Mm-hmm. So I have a few other songs, some that I teased online that mm-hmm. are just about embodying your, you know, that. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Um, but also I've been, as of late, working with, you know, a friend of mine and just getting some mentorship. And I want to release a project, but this is going to be a very vulnerable, you know, vulnerable project. I hate to be the girl, you know, I'm being the healed girl right now, but I am also the hurt girl. Like, I've been through a lot. You can so, be healed and hurt at the same time, I, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a yeah because there's different layers. So you can be uh, healed in one layer, but yeah. then there's still another layer that maybe you haven't tapped into. You're yeah. still healing from. Yeah, yeah, that's real. So I don't know. One day I just started writing all these sad songs, and it was like that's it. So that's the one. I think that's I think that's what we should be expecting. More tours. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm currently you know enjoying you know everything that's going on. I love traveling. Um, but yeah, definitely tours. I'm a performer. So like I love being in the studio, but like I like being on stage singing with 
our supporters. So we got to. I love this. Any last message to your fans who are watching? I just want to say, you know, like, just thank them so much. I was telling somebody last night, you know, they were asking, like, you know, like I got to meet the right people, you know, important people so they could put me on. And I was like, honestly, my fans put me on. Mm-hmm. My supporters put me on. They they plug me in. That's right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, you know, I just want to say thank you so much to them for rocking with me. For real. Thank you so much for rocking with me. Yeah, of course. Thank and you. Growing Up Latina podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. Savannah Christina. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, this is Savannah Christina. I hope you enjoyed my episode with Growing Up Latina with Ali V. I'm looking forward to giving you more music, so stay tuned. Thank you so much to everyone who has been listening or who has been tuning into the podcast on YouTube. We'll be taking a brief break for the holiday season, but we'll be back with more Latinas, and we will see you in the Año Nuevo. 